Would you rather talk about your sex life or money life? Surprisingly, most people would rather not talk about money, how to save it or invest it. This podcast is about helping you simplify your money life. Delivered by Dr. Henry Joseph Sveck, a psychologist by training, Henry is a seasoned investor with over 40 years of successful investing in real estate, stocks and other alternate forms of income generation. Tune in to the twice-monthly podcasts to get his thoughts and tips on how to reach financial freedom. How to achieve the life you deserve. Now, here's Dr. Speck. This is podcast number four. I'm Dr. Henry Joseph Speck. Now, before we get to my special guest uh, for today, I just want to talk briefly about um, the issue of property management and why it's important. And then we'll get to talking to Josh, a 31-year-old entrepreneur who's going to talk about the businesses he started and the challenges and also some of his investment life. Property management really is about the ability of someone or some organization to take on the task of managing the day-to-day when you buy a commercial or rental property. It means that you're not going to be taking phone calls, you're not going to be dealing with anything other than occasional, perhaps once a month, calls with your management company to see how you're doing or perhaps you're checking in online. But generally speaking, it's a hands-off approach. That is why who you hire and making sure that you can monitor the important variables are so necessary in being a successful investor. Now, psychologically speaking, we often get concerned when we think of managing a property. What if it's empty? What if... um, Tenants complain. What if tenants don't pay you? What if there's um, structural issues? They put a hole in the wall and so on. Uh, We get into student housing, which we do a significant amount in our own investment portfolio. What if students have parties every weekend and, you know, they're they're hard on or difficult with the actual uh, inside of your building? What what will be the toll on that and how do you you manage that? So in this first uh, interview with Joshua, you're going to hear some of those examples and you're going to learn why having a property management firm that works is really important. Now, without any further delay, here's my special guest for today's podcast. This week's guest and my first of the podcast ever is Joshua Svek from Cow Bay, Nova Scotia. Josh is a real estate investor, an investor of all sorts, and also an entrepreneur with some new startup businesses. And we're going to talk about a whole host of things. Josh is with me on the phone line. He's also my son, and he's my first guest. Hey, Josh, how are you today? Good. How's it going over there? <laughs> it's going. How's the weather in Cow Bay? It's probably crazy. Miserable. Is it? Is it? What's What's it doing? Snowing in the morning, raining in and snowing. Oh, yeah, it's doing man. everything. In Nova Scotia, it's beautiful for about six months, and then it's trouble, right? I like it. Okay. Well, Josh, why don't you start off by just telling us? Because I want to talk about property management, because I've talked about that in other podcasts, about the importance of that. Why don't you talk to me a little bit about uh, what you're doing with your different companies and how you started them? Sure. Well, I have uh, Air Realty, which is a virtual real estate brokerage. Uh, We just started in 2017, and we're active in all the Atlantic provinces, so New Brunswick, Newfoundland, Nova Scotia, uh, and PEI. Yep. and it allows people to list their property independently without an agent to get it on Realtor.ca and onto the local MLS. And then they work with the buyer agent to uh, secure the deal. So it's a traditional brokerage as well. And we also have that option for people who are experienced 
like investors and, and, and people kind of like yourself. Okay, okay. So let me ask you this because I want to get a little deep. You know, I'm doing. It's called shrink money advice. So I'm going to throw a little shrinking at you occasionally. So when you're doing a startup, and I've done a few in my life too, the hardest part is when you keep getting nailed. I mean, everybody around you will tell you it's not going to work. People are critical. And then when you start building a little momentum, people try to tear you down. Have you experienced that? And if so, how do you handle that stuff? Well, I mean, yeah, when when you're new in a space that's, that's you know, has competition, it's important to just uh, just keep your focus of what your, your compass is of your company. So all I want to do is provide the best service to the homeowner and to give them the best chance to sell their house independently. And we keep that in mind with all the decisions we make. Um, I, I wanted to get really involved in the real estate industry as a young person. I'm only 31. So uh, to, to kind of like put my learning into high gear, I, I did some things like join the uh, Nova Scotia Real Estate Association, their board. So I'm a board member for Halifax and Dartmouth, uh, which has given me a lot of experience in, in, in networking and things like that. So I try to get my face in front of the company as well. So okay, so we'll know that. Okay, sorry, go ahead. Just so, you know, like people know, it's not just a company, it's, it's a local person here. We're, we're building a team and uh, we're providing a, a great service to people. And what was your, so far today, what's been your biggest mistake with Air Realty and what did you learn to never do again? Uh, easy answer is just wasting a ton of money on marketing. Um, marketing marketing agencies uh, that, that just, you know, promise things and don't deliver. I've used three in the first year. I had three different websites, which was a huge waste of money. Um, it, it was, yeah, it was, that's basically. If I could do it all over again and take that away, I mean, I'd have a honestly a way better company. But you know, it's the first year, so you get those learning humps. And when you're new to a a situation, like when you're an entrepreneur, you don't just do one thing, right? You have to do everything. And marketing was a, a new thing to me. Uh, going B to C, which is uh, always, you know, a challenge. So I tried to onboard that to to get some uh, someone who was experienced in that three different times, and they all turned out to be fails. So, so when you look at who failed, was it you or them? Whose fault was it? I would say it's my fault for sure. Not knowing what to what direction to go with it, what specifically to give them as a blueprint. Okay, this is what we're doing. I just need you to carry this on, and, and you know, take take your expertise and, and raise the bar of this. So definitely my, my fault for sure. So what's, what's your biggest challenge now? That was your biggest mistake. What's your biggest barrier or challenge now in building your business? I think just uh, the daily grind of slow and low, like doing the goals and then the daily grind of the goals is the biggest challenge. I mean, just it, it's uh, right off the bat when you launch, there's a lot of fun things that happen, but now I, it's a slow and low process, I think. And um, just staying focused on what the focus of the company is. Um, and I like to mix it up. So I started another company as well. <laughs> and then I also do traditional real estate, so and then in the investing. So basically, I have three things going on, which makes it fun. But just always staying focused on you know the the goal and then the daily task to complete the goal. So so you and I wrote that ADHD book together, right? So called the ADHD Fix. If you're interested, you can get it on Amazon or. Aw sound, you can get the audio version. Do you think this is the ADHD stuff, or is this just life being an entrepreneur and business guy? It's ADHD. And I also, <laughs> personally, personally, I tore my Achilles, so I haven't had the same outlets of you know physical activity I've had in the past to keep a routine going. 
which is kind of, you know, it, it, some days are, are worse than others when you, when you kind of just get the cabin fever going, but, um, it's a long grind. I mean, starting a business is not going to take off right away. You got to set the goals. You got to have a blueprint of year one, year two, year three, and then you just got to do those daily tasks. I hear the Achilles over and over, thing, and over again. I hear the Achilles thing runs in the family. <laughs> yeah, you did both, eh? Yeah, listeners, I've done it twice. So the kids following in dad's footsteps on that only about because he's very successful, very proud of you, man. So let's terrible skip the, ankle jeans. Well, let's skip the the, the dad prop stuff. Let, let's talk about this. So. You started something called TreePad, and, and most people who invest in real estate have a similar nightmare. You always hear about people who say, oh, you know, the toilet's going to plug, and they're going to get a call at 2 in the morning, so they want property management. So you start a property management firm because you want those calls, which is crazy. My worst real estate was having a, a water uh, heater pipe burst on Thanksgiving right when we were about to eat. You were just a little guy. And I had to go to the site and uh, try to – coerce a plumber into fixing a problem. Yeah, at Christmas I came home actually from Nova Scotia to Blenheim. I had a furnace explode. Whoa, explode! I had to handle it from Blenheim. Yeah, that was probably my worst one. The good news, if it's one that I own, the good news is you didn't have to tell me about it because I wouldn't have cared, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, sir. That's that's the issue of a management, right? When you have a management firm like you're doing, you get paid to handle all the flack. Exactly. So, so tell us about TreePad, which is your next newest venture. Well, I've been doing property management for 11 years and built some systems that are on autopilot at this point. That just, this is what we do, boom, boom, boom. It's like ironed out to the best possible way to have full vac- full rentals, you know, zero vacancies, and to deal with emergencies um, the best way possible to keep the tenant happy. Um, so I've taken those systems and just developed them into a company where I would you know, branch it out into other landlords and investors who have tenants and long-term cash flow properties. Uh, we don't do any, like, short-term Airbnbs. Right. Um, um, it's the focus of, you know, student rentals or multi-unit long-term cash flow, which is my specialty, and uh, going after those clients to just make sure their tenants are happy and that they never hear from us. So you not only do management, you do management where you're taking care of 18-year-olds who are kind of maybe some think entitled occasionally. Yeah, and it's mostly dealing with parents as well. So the parents of the entitled kids. How's the parents? Um, how's, the par- how's that going? <laughs> well, they're usually typically lawyers, policemen, or you know, in the government at some point. So uh, they they like to flaunt their titles, but you know, it's just making sure everyone's happy and, and treating people. You know, it's their home. We want them to have a great. Uh, we're managing people, not really properties. Right, right. So, um, so let's look at TreePad that you started now. Is it? Let's do a for instance. Can we do a for instance with numbers? Because you know I like numbers. So let is that okay? Yeah. Okay. So let's say I live in um, Chatham, Ontario. Let's say London, Ontario, and I want to buy a property in Nova Scotia, and it's going to cost me two hundred grand. It's a bit of a rural area, but it's rented. It's going to bring in two grand a month, you know, and gross income, long term leases. Uh, it's a B quality, so it means it's pretty good quality building. Not a lot going on as far as serious repairs, but the usual, you know, maintenance stuff. Um, how is that possible for me to do from London, Ontario, if the property is, say, just outside of Dartmouth? So how is that going to work? Well, the great thing about what I'm trying to do for landlords is we're all, I obviously have the Air Realty, as we discussed earlier, so we can do the start-to-finish process of buying a, a rental uh, do an analysis of the neighborhood, you know, what market rents are going for, help with the purchase, and then go 
for true pet to manage it would be you know baseline our baseline is ten percent of the monthly revenue. So I would pay I'd be paying you two hundred bucks a month to take care of the calls, the, the all that kind of stuff. Yeah. We take care of the property like we own it. So you would only hear from us if you we need to contact you and the initial you know, contract time, we will talk about when you want to be contacted from us. Like, we can handle every situation, obviously. Um, so it's just how much you want to be in the loop. And like, what if I never to... want to hear from you unless we have to spend more than 200 bucks? Yeah, that's great. We, we That's a great point. We share all of our files online through Google Drive, so you can actually live look at what's, what we're doing um, when we do site inspections and things. And when we actually have to replace a window, you can see live it being updated as, as the invoice goes in. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, so, I mean, you never really need – you can just go peek in whenever you feel like it, or we can set up times to check in. It's completely up to the so owner. So tell me about the money. How do, you, how do you make sure I get paid rent? Well, when usually when we take over, there's a, a process in place of collecting the rent for the current landlord. When we switch tenants over to, the, to new leases or the vacant units get filled, we, we try to put them on automatic debit uh, withdrawals. And they go into the TreePad account, which then gets paid out to the landlord. Okay. So you so don't have to worry about checking in if rent's going in. We handle all the the checks to make sure it goes in. We chase down the tenants, and uh, and yeah, we just handle everything. What if I get stiffed? What if they don't pay rent? If they don't pay rent, we'd obviously contact you and let you know, and then we'd handle the notice to quit situation. Okay, so you handle all that kind of stuff. <laughs> Does that cost me extra if you have to go with small claims and all that, or is that part of the service? No, it's part of the service. Okay, so the only thing that costs me extra is if the actual trades guy has to come and fix the toilet or the window or something. Yeah, like. we can monitor uh, any you know uh, repairs and maintenance for capital expenditures. We also uh, have a fee for filling vacant units, and then we have a fee. All of our terms are fixed-term leases, mm. uh, just to have more control for renewing a lease. And when we renew, there's a flat fee for that. So. So the listeners would know, if they've read my book, they know that my fictitious couple ended up buying properties in Halifax. And in the in the book, I know you haven't read it because it hasn't come out yet, your, your company is listed as the property management company because the couple lives in small town Ontario, but they own property in Halifax and around surrounding areas. So it is, it is not just a fantasy. It's possible to do that. You can buy it just like any other investment, and you then have it managed, and, and you don't have to worry about it. So when it comes to buying the property, so let's let's take this. Let's now let's take a step because I believe management's number one. If you don't have management, forget even buying a property. We've done this. I know you're involved in our company as a partner, and and you noticed this until you got involved as a management company. Some of our units like fifty percent full, um, with the wrong kind of tenant. So you have to have that. Now we have management in place. The, the if we're backtrack one, how do I find that cash flow property? Like how do I find a two hundred thousand dollar property that's going to cash flow for me well it takes a long time and it really depends what you're looking for if you're looking for what we like to do which is long-term cash flow um you just need to do the numbers before you do anything else and uh run the numbers of cash flow uh income versus expenses with the mortgage payments um, just to see if it's worth looking at and then you know that'll take a while before you find one that you actually want to view Okay. And then you just once you view and you you like it, you like the neighborhood, then you just go from there. So let's let's dig a little deeper. So we've talked about your businesses and management and stuff. What are your fears? What what keeps you up at night? <laughs> Come on, man. This is called shrink money. I, I got to ask you some of these questions. Well, I mean, I I'm young and I want to make sure the companies grow. Uh, 
I want to make sure I'm always growing uh, with my personal knowledge and then the companies grow. I want to add agents to Air Realty. I want to add managers to TreePad. I want to buy more properties. Um, so that's probably my biggest fear is just staying still. So so you, you would consider just staying the same as being a failure or is that is that like you're in your boat and you're enjoying life? Well, I want to get to that point where I'm in my boat. Well, you, I mean, I just started the company. So. You're going to be in a rowboat, or do you want to be in a big boat? Or <laughs> what you... Imagine for 10 years, but, I mean, TreePad's a new company that we're finally branching out, you know, these systems to other landlords. So I want to make sure I get some great managers who, to be frank, would also be unreal if they were licensed agents just to be able to handle situations. Because you don't need a license to be a property manager in Nova Scotia. You know, wherever I go... Josh, I hear the same problem with hiring employees. I was talking to someone today about HVAC in our Niagara Falls project, and the person I was talking to couldn't even get his guy to go give a quote because he didn't really feel like it. There just seems to be a different sort of uh, way to go about business today. Have you noticed any of that, and you're looking for key employees? Because that's really, I think, your barrier to grow, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I noticed that I'm trying to get quotes for snow removal for the year. And only one person actually gave a quote. Oh, my goodness. Just, people just don't want business. They don't want to grind. They don't. So, yeah, no, it's tough. Uh, I've been talking to a lot of agents here locally, and, you know, you got to say no a lot. And, and yeah. What do you think? Let's dig a little deeper. What do you think is causing this problem? I don't know. Yeah. I'm... I don't know. People just get complacent with who they are and they don't want to grow and they just, you know, new things are scary. And even if it's a new quote for a new customer, maybe that's scary to someone and they don't want to grind and get the business. You know, if you're happy with how things are going, why, why try to get better, do more. I, I've just noticed and, and I, I've noticed an extreme positive response from first generation Canadians. I mean, it's, it's almost like, um, you know, it's a positive to have gone through hardship and to be in this country and to have an opportunity to, to make a business grow. And, and when I see those folks or get a chance to work with first-generation Canadians, it's it's exciting. I agree. Yeah, I, 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 and I, I agree. There's a lesson there we need to think about. And uh, politics aside, we need more of that because we have so much. I mean, I talked to someone in the HVAC business, and they said they're not even quoting for six months. I noticed that when I, set, when I try to set meetings to talk to agents. Um, I mean, the majority of people that get back to me and want to have a conversation our first gener- generation Canadians, for sure. Yeah, I mean, uh, no disrespect to your industry as a realtor, but, um, you know, it's a challenge to find people who really want to grind it. Okay, let me go to one another level, just a couple more minutes, because this is fun talking to you. Um, as a person, how do you invest your money? Uh, property, I guess, would be one. I And uh, I've dabbled with stocks long-term. Stocks. Let's talk about stocks because we're going to talk about those in future podcasts. But I, I'm really fascinated to know because you're young and I'm you, no expert. No, I'm, I, listen. <laughs> anybody who's buying stocks is experiencing something. So, how do you handle those days when the market drops like 500 points and all of a sudden you're down 20 percent? Well, I check my email to see if you sent me anything. <laughs> Usually, you mean telling you to I leave it alone? I won't check. I'm not. I'm not supposed to look at it. I have long-term stock. But how do you? If feel? anything, if you have cash and it drops that much, you would probably buy the same stock to your own. 
Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, I believe they're businesses. And if you, like, kill, let's take Killam Properties. We'll just talk about Killam because they're out there a lot. You've lived in a Killam apartment, I think. Yeah. What did you find about the building, the quality of the building, the management? What did you think about it when you lived? I never asked you that question. Oh, it was great. Yeah, I liked it. So they own large and small. Uh, short term. It was only four months. Right, but they have large and small buildings all across Atlantic Canada, I believe, and also Ontario. But that's a company that they're, you know, they're, they're landlords. They're obviously huge. We're just tiny guys in our business. But, uh, you know, people are always going to have to live somewhere. They're always going to have to eat. And, and so there's some very basic kind of stocks that if you just uh, not worry about the emotional ups and downs, and, and that's a big one, the emotional ups and downs, you'll be fine. But it is tough, eh? When the market drops 20, 30, you know, or percent, that's huge. Yeah. Final question on interest rates. Uh, you know, I've lived, we talk about this. I'm like the old guy at the fire saying, you yeah, remember back when rates were 18%. What do you think would happen if we hit 10% interest on mortgages or God help us 15 or 20%? Well, it just, you'd want to pay down the mortgage as quickly as possible. Yeah. You think, you think most people are ready for that or prepared or have any kind of, you know, say ten percent. Do that you think you think they'd survive, or you think it would take out a lot of the investors? Oh, it would take no. It, it would take out a lot of investors. I think. Yeah. Most of the yeah, unless you have strong cash flow that you can actually, you know, be prepared to. I mean, we do stress tests on our mortgages and make sure that we can handle it. Um, that's something people should probably do. And yeah, uh, yeah I mean, I don't know. That's that's a tough one. Okay, final thoughts before we go. Any 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 advice you can give uh, young investors who want to buy real estate and uh, are just starting out? Any anything you can say to them? You know, colleagues your age. Any ideas? Yeah, it takes a long time to find a great deal, so don't rush into it. Um, do the numbers before you go look. Before you get any emotional attachment, there should be no <laughs> emotional attachment on investment. But um, do your numbers, and and you know know that it takes a long time to find a great one. Okay, just short, when you say do the numbers, what numbers do you look at the most? What what are some of the signs for you to go look or not look? A staple for for us is cost per bedroom and cap rate. Okay, cost per bedroom if it's a student property. What if it's a multi-unit or a um, you know a couple with kids? It's all mature. Uh, I guess the main focus would be cap rate and monthly cash flow. Yeah, cap cap. The the taxes can get in the way too. If property taxes are too high, it might. We looked at New Brunswick at one point. That didn't seem to be a good place for us. Yes, all the numbers, all the expenses, management included, uh, vacancy at five percent, um, snow removal, any any type of number that's coming out of that that property, you should definitely be conservative in when you're doing the numbers. So, what cap rate excites you, and what cap rate makes you want to walk? Final question. Fifteen percent excites me. Wow, <laughs> have you got one of those, Josh? <laughs> That's a great I mean, number. 50, 10 to 15. Yeah, we've had those. Those are fantastic. It takes a long time, but they're there. We just missed one, too, eh? It still bugs me, that one we missed. Uh, <laughs> all right, listen, Josh, I want to thank you. I'm with Joshua Sveck, who's with um, Air Realty and TreePad Property Management. You can find him online. Uh, he's also mentioned in the back of my book when I talk about property management. Remember, without property management, uh, you can't get anywhere in this uh, investment business. And Josh, final question. Are you mentoring anybody yet or is it too soon for you? It's too soon. All right. You have a great day young there. Young agents. What's that? Yeah. I got some young agents that want to get licensed, but they're far away off. 
Nice. And how many months are you away from being on the surfboard again? May. Oh, I told you. Yeah. What's that going to be? Ten, ten months or how, how many months? Nine months total. Oh, man. Thoughts are with you, man. You have a great time today in Cow Bay and uh, have a productive week. All right. Thank you so much. Talk Take soon. Care. You have been listening to the Shrink Money Advice Podcast with Dr. Henry Joseph Speck. Remember to pick up your copy of Dr. Speck's latest book, Shrink Money Advice, on Amazon.ca or the audio version at awesound.com. That's A-W-E sound.com. 